Hey, welcome to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier, and I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you love public speaking, you are in the right place. The Claim the Stage podcast is all about how to use your voice, how to be an effective speaker, how to market yourself as a speaker, how to deal with the fear around speaking, and pretty much everything you can think of related to public speaking. And today's episode is brought to you by Told Video, original thoughtful storytelling for your brand, here to help you with your next step in marketing, a meaningful video. Let your story out into the world, get it told, and learn more at toldvideo.com. So if you've been thinking about building a speaker video for yourself, definitely contact Rebecca at Told Video as she is the one to make that video for you. And she made a great video for us. If you go to speakersisterhood.com, click on join there's a video there called what is speaker sisterhood. And she made that video for us this year and we worked on it from April to November. And (laughs) there's so much in that video. And it really is a good example of her ability to tell a good story and combine tons of footage to make a really fun and compelling video. So you can check that out at speakersisterhood.com on the join page. So today's episode is a solo episode, and it's one where I want to share my top five lessons from 2018. And I, I thought about putting this episode together, not just for me, but also as a reminder to you to reflect upon the year and what you learned. And as I was putting this list together, I I read through it and I go, oh my God, I think this is the same list I made last year. (laughs) And I was immediately like, what is wrong with me? Do I just not learn lessons? But then I realized I went a level deeper on each of these lessons. And it's not the exact same as last year. I'm kind of exaggerating, but some of them were similar. And I just thought like, am I just standing still and making the same mistakes over and over again? But I'm not. I'm actually going a level deeper into the learning. So I think when you do a lot of self-reflection and development work, you realize that you kind of keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. And it never really ends because the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. (laughs) And then it just keeps going. And I think this is a perfect example of continuous growth and seeing the same problem from a different perspective. So today's episode is my top five lessons from this year. And I'm going to share a couple examples and stories of how I got to these conclusions. Number one, Know your limits. (laughs) Does anyone else have this on your list? (laughs) I often think that any idea I come up with, I can do. And I think that's a good trait to have because it makes me feel unstoppable and it makes me feel like my dreams are my limits. You know, like if I can dream it, I can do it. But sometimes that's a problem because I imagine myself doing things that I'm not really capable of doing. And For example, earlier this year, I did a speaking tour that was six weeks long, and it took me to five different cities around New England. And when I was dreaming this up, I imagined myself like driving all over the place and speaking to to tons of women and inspiring them and selling books and connecting with new people. And it was very exciting. And my vision just kept getting bigger and bigger the more I thought about it. And all of those things did happen. And it was really fun. And I did get to just get in front of tons of people that I probably otherwise would not have met and 
share the story of the speaker sisterhood and inspire them to go out and speak more. But what I didn't account for was the fact that I'm an introvert (laughs) and that's a very real part of my life. If you're not familiar with what an introvert is, it means that introverts, we recharge by being alone. We find energy in solitude. And the more we're out in the world and around other people, the more our energy is being depleted. And so we need that alone time in order to kind of recharge our batteries. And I never put that time into the schedule to recharge. And sleeping doesn't count. So sometimes I tell myself, well, I'm alone. I'm sleeping by myself. That's No, that's not the same thing. <laughs> you have to be awake. <laughs> So I scheduled way too many gigs for the tour and too many meetings and too many in-between things that had me interacting with a lot of people. So it was very hard for me to, to build that energy back up in between each gig. And I was just dragging. And I find myself waking up in the morning thinking, oh my God, I have to speak in front of two different audiences today. How am I going to do this? Why did I do this to myself? This is crazy. And I just, I kept saying to myself, I knew I was an introvert. Why did I do this to myself? And it's because I have this ambition and I have these dreams. And sometimes I forget to check in with myself and say, is this actually possible for who I am? And this is another version of really understanding myself and what I can and can't do. And I know that I can't do a six-week speaking tour again, at least not at that pace, because at the end of it, I felt like every single part of my body was burnt out. (laughs) And I was like, I have nothing to say to anybody. I have nothing to offer. I'm going to bed. I'll see you in 12 years. So make sure that your dreams match your abilities and know your limits. And you may continue to learn this lesson over and over again as I am, and that's fine. But learning something from each experience is important. So that was lesson number one, know your limits. Lesson number two, your ability to get comfortable with discomfort will determine how successful you are. And I find that the bigger my company gets, the more uncomfortable I get. (laughs) And... Getting comfortable with that discomfort is what enables me to keep growing. When I notice myself getting scared of the growth and scared of the next step because it's big and it's different from what I've done before and it might not work, I have to stop myself and say, okay, this isn't a reason to stop. This discomfort is not a signal to run back to what I know. It's a signal to recognize that growth is occurring right now. And I need to allow it to happen. And what can I do right now to get comfortable with this discomfort? And so I've created a bunch of different tools for myself to allow that to just be part of the process. And I think when we experience discomfort, we tend to want to go back to what's comfortable, right? We avoid pain, we, we avoid pain, we run towards pleasure. But when you're trying to grow something, you have to allow discomfort to be there. Otherwise, the growth doesn't happen. So just this past weekend, I experienced a huge growth moment and ended up under a blanket in my bed eating peanut M&Ms crying. (laughs) And like, I thought, okay, this is one of those moments where I have to get comfortable with this discomfort because this is part of the process. And so I started journaling about it and I tuned into my body and I I breathed into the discomfort and I made some soup and I went to bed early and I just recognized that this is going to be 
part of my life. Maybe for the next day, maybe for the next week. I'm not sure, but I've got to just let it be there because it's really significant and important in order to achieve my goals. And I think when we stay comfortable, it means we're not taking risks and there is no growth. And if that's the case and you're someone who is trying to build something, then you want to really check in on that and say, okay, what could I be doing to to push myself a little bit more because you might be moving too slowly and maybe nothing is changing. So checking in on the level of comfort in your life will actually help you to determine whether or not growth is occurring. Earlier this year, we did a pilot program at a hospital and part of that pilot program was me giving lectures to the female physicians. And before that program kicked off, I was thinking to myself, like, who who am I to go talk to a bunch of super accomplished, brilliant women who are ch- are saving people's lives every day? Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I remember being very uncomfortable with having to stand in front of the room as the expert and, you know, lecture to these women. And as the series went on and the pilot program continued, I started to get more comfortable, but I often felt that discomfort. And it was because it was a huge growth opportunity for me to see myself as an expert and a leader in what I do. And I realized before that program, I really was selling myself short and had some stories about like how capable I was of teaching people certain things about public speaking, even though I've been doing it for so long. I think those stories are so powerful too, that they can really get in the way of us pushing ourselves to bigger potential. And they can also sort of dictate what we see as possible. So getting familiar with what your stories are and noticing where you have limiting beliefs and where those come from and how they might not be serving you will help you to make change and continue with that that growth process. So lesson number two is... Your ability to get comfortable with discomfort comfort will determine how successful you are. And I hope that that makes sense to you. And I hope that you're not listening to that going, well, that's cool for you, but I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> it's, it's a huge one and it's really, really important. And I think all the most successful people that I've come across who I've heard be interviewed or, you know, seen on TV or read their books, they'll say the same thing to you, that it's, it's just part of the process. And the more you can perfect that ability, the easier it is to reach your goals. Lesson number three, saying no is what makes me stronger all around. And I would say this one has probably been a lesson of mine for the last like three or four years. And that's because every year I get better at it and I find new ways to do it. And I actually see it differently too. I think in the beginning when I started to say no, it was like this new novel thing. Like, oh, that that's really weird. I just told that person I can't do something. That was really like a power move, you know? And I was just kind of like, impressed with myself for even like having the gall to say no to somebody. So the first time, the first year that I started doing this, I would say maybe in 2010, it was just this funny little novelty. And then as time went on, it started to become more of my process and trying to fine tune my focus and really recognize that in order to make an impact, you have to have laser focus on your goal and you can't, you can't allow yourself to get distracted by 500 other things. And so over the years, I've been really toying with what saying yes means and how it will affect my goals. And if it plays into my goals or if it distracts me from my goals. And I've noticed that I'm really good 
at making justifications for saying yes to things. Like I can always find some circuitous purpose for that thing (laughs) because usually I just want to do it because I like meeting new people and trying things out and experiencing different, you know, environments. And so I'll talk myself into saying yes, just because I want to, but I have to have this like other disciplined side of myself that says, that's not actually aligned with anything that you're trying to accomplish right now. So why don't you say no to that? (laughs) And you're going to be fine. And it's not the FOMO thing. It's more like, I just like doing things and I want to be part of things. So I have to constantly remind myself that saying no actually pushes me in the direction that I want to go. And it's not me missing out on something. So what I've noticed this year is that I've, I've been asked a lot to speak and sometimes it's for pay and sometimes it's not. And the ones that are not for pay, I have to really think about because there has to be a very good reason for me to go and spend time on a stage doing what I usually get paid to do for free. Otherwise, I can't do it. I can't just do it because someone asked me to do it. I have to do it because there's a lot of other benefits. And sometimes I have a hard time, (laughs) you know, finding enough reasons not to go. So it's an ongoing challenge for me, but it's something that I find that when I do say no, it frees me up to do the things that really matter to me. I don't know if you've heard of Derek Sivers, but he is the founder of CD Baby, and he also wrote a book called Anything You Want, and he's in the process of writing another book called Hell Yes, and it's based on a blog post he wrote a couple years ago, at least, about how he makes decisions, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I want to mention it again because it has made such a huge impact on my life. What he does when he gets a request is he says, is this a hell yes? If it's not, then it's a no. And it's a very simple, very simple decision. If it's not something I'm super excited about, I'm not doing it. And so I use this tool sometimes when I'm trying to make decisions, and it really helps a lot. And he he just he boils things down and simplifies things in a way that is helpful, I think, especially for me, because I have a tendency to kind of overthink and weigh the pros and cons and let me just do a quick SWOT analysis. And, you know, it's like, not necessary. Is it a hell yes or no? And I think it's a really useful tool for making better decisions to help me stay focused on my goals. All right, let's jump to number four. Free time is very important when building something huge. (laughs) I think I've probably said this one before too, but Again, I'm looking at it from a new point of view. And if you listen to episode 100, it was the episode where Lenore and Amber and I talked about taking the summer off. We got into some conversations about the value of having time to yourself. And I really, really learned that this summer. And I can't say enough how priceless that time was and how much it has affected me and my work since then. And I I find also that giving myself free time opens me up to having hobbies, which is funny because it's like, yeah, hobby, like it seems such a simple thing. But for so many years, I didn't have any hobbies because I was just always working or sleeping. And I would hang out with friends and stuff like that. But mostly, I didn't have any interests outside of work. And I didn't think that was a problem. But now I realize it's really nice to have pastimes. And I just started embroidering and I really like it. It's like drawing with thread and it's 
relaxing and it's not about making something for somebody else. It's just a thing that I like doing. I've discovered that I like hiking and I like swimming and I like yoga and having hobbies is, (laughs) I think it's so funny that I'm talking about this right now. Like it's this major development, but it is because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have hobbies and it's just, it's a really important thing to have that time for yourself to explore your creativity and explore nature and have some alone time with some kind of thing that lights you up. So having that free time is is a really good thing just for your well-being. And then it's also nice because when you get back to your work, you have a new perspective. Also, when I had free time in the past, I'd often be so tired that all I could do was sit down on the couch and watch three hours of Netflix and go to bed. And that felt like, oh my God, I'm taking time for myself. This is amazing. (laughs) And then I came to realize that that's not actually special time. That's like turning my brain off and just staring at something. And rather than use my free time in that way, I'd like to actually do something engaging and fun. And I think so many of us find that binging a TV show is a nice way to relax, but I want to encourage you to think a little bit more creatively about what you could be doing with your time, because I think engaging your brain in a different way actually has many more benefits than just staring at a screen for hours and hours and hours. And it feels good. And it's a gift you give yourself. So having that free time, it helps to recharge you and also brings you new ways to look at your work when you do come back to, you know, your desk. And the last lesson I want to share with you is what got me here won't get me there. And I've been saying that a lot this year because I noticed that I've had this one kind of operating mode for many years, and that is stop waiting, start creating. I say that all the time. At the end of every single episode of my podcast, I say that I believe in experimentation. I I believe in taking risks, taking action, trying things out, gathering information, learning, and continuing to move. And I think all of that is very important when you're getting started because we often go into perfectionist mode or imposter syndrome mode, and we stop ourselves from taking action. And so fortunately, I've, I've been able to do those things. But what I realize now is I don't really need to keep that operating mode. What I need to do now is make more smart, calculated decisions and less experimentation. One thing that is a major weakness of mine is being really well-versed in business law, uh, financing, equity, things like that. And now I'm getting to the point two years into my startup that I'm realizing I really need to learn more about that. And I can't just wing it anymore. And I need to read more books and understand more of the economics of of business growth and the risk and understand the bigger picture. Because if I'm going to build an empire, I can't just build it hoping and wishing that all these things work out. I need to be more educated and knowledgeable. And I also realized that as I add more people to my team, they're going to be looking to me to have this knowledge. And I can't just go, well, I don't know, I have a lawyer, so why don't we talk to that person? Instead, I need to have a better understanding of how my business works and and the legal implications and insurance and taxes. And there's just so many pieces of it that I think I've kind of just brushed over for a lot of years. And now I need to get more serious about learning about that stuff. So when I say what got me here won't get me there, I want to take the emphasis off of just jumping and trying things and, you know, running around and (laughs) experimenting and now getting clearer on building a real company with employees and a big team and 
really making this into an organization that has lasting ability and makes an impact for years and years to come. So those are my top five lessons of 2018. I'm going to recap them really quickly. One, know your limits. Two, your ability to get comfortable with discomfort will determine how successful you are. Number three, saying no is what makes me stronger all around. Number four, free time is very important when building something huge. And number five, what got me here won't get me there. I hope that some of these lessons spoke to you and maybe aligned with some of the things that you're currently challenged by and give you some new new ways to look at them as we are always growing and learning and on this journey together. And I look forward to providing my list of lessons for 2019 and see how similar or different they might be. If you want to share your 2018 lessons with me, feel free to email me. I'd love to hear what you're working on. My email is Angela at speakersisterhood.com. And I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Told Video, original, thoughtful storytelling for your brand, here to help you with your next step in marketing, a meaningful video. Let your story out into the world and get it told. Learn more at toldvideo.com. Well, that does it for me this week, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please think about leaving a review on iTunes as it does help more people to find the show. And it only takes like one minute, so super easy. All right. Well, that's it for 2018, everyone. I hope you have wonderful holiday season. I will see you in 2019 with more fun. And as always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.